dangerous minds with Michelle Pfeiffer, and that was me <laughs> once upon a time. Oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> I don't remember that one. Hey ladies. Hey ladies and welcome back to Herspective. How's it going? It's good. It's good. It's another beautiful week. Um, The weather is just so amazing. Uh, Can't be happier. Yeah. (laughs) I know. We haven't chatted that much lately. We've been kind of all over the place separately. (laughs) Yeah. Separately. I know like real life is uh, picking back up again. It's not so like like quarantine life anymore it's like working and and well I'm job searching and helping paint with my boyfriend every day but I did manage to squeeze in a couple of patios this weekend yeah I know I'm so happy um and and I know everyone is dying to know how I ordered (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's right you have to Tell us if you stayed true to what you said you were going to do and make a decision. She's not going to want to hear what I have to say. Oh, no. (laughs) So I was going back and forth between spicy chicken gnocchi and the veal parm. And my boyfriend Ian got the veal parm and, and then instantly I'm like, oh, my God. But I was really like really sticking to the spicy chicken. And that's what I ended up getting. And he got veal parm. Of course, mine came and it was so shit. <laughs> and his was so good. And I am still upset about it that I did not get what he got. <laughs> but you made a decision. So that's the important thing here. And we'll take it. Yeah. Okay. Well, looking at the positive side, as you always are, yes, I did make a decision. Will I do that again? Probably not, though. So Yes, you will. <laughs> Don't say that. She actually no, tagged us in something, <laughs> so you, she's thinking about us. She's trying to encourage us from afar, so you have to do it. Okay, I'll work on my intuition in any other way. Ordering is just off the, not, it doesn't count. It's off the table. <laughs> I, I'm incapable. <laughs> well, at least you got to be on a patio, and yeah, yes. life is starting to look a little bit more normal. I, as yeah. we talked about last time, I have had one patio experience since and it wasn't great but it was nice to be on the (laughs) patio um we were up north uh seeing friends um only a small group so everyone relax don't come for me um and you're gonna say that yeah and we're heading up north somewhere else this week so pretty excited about it i know me too and Usually we're up north together, but uh, not this Well, weekend. now that you have a man, you're all about him and you're... I'm living in St. Catharines all the time yeah. and yeah, I know. Yes. I've jutted away. Well, actually, it's like, um, yeah, no, it's pretty nice here. Like we went to the beach this weekend and it's still the same lake. It's still Lake Ontario, but on this side, and I can see Toronto perfectly from the beach, like the skyline, it makes me feel like really connected to home. But on this side, it's like really, really nice. (laughs) It's better. (laughs) I'm not gonna lie. It's nice to get away. And I'm glad you're having fun. And we have to plan something together soon because it's been too long. We only talk over the phone and we haven't been 
together. Agreed. We're still doing a lot of remote sessions. This one was as well. We're okay seeing each other because we're part of like our group, but like we still aren't seeing um, any of our guests or anything. Yeah, but we have a great episode today. We touch on some things that we've wanted to talk about for a while, which is education and the education system here and what we should have been taught versus what we were taught in school (laughs) yes yeah and and so we were today we're we're talking with um a real life teacher and i think that we were most excited not only to go over like the things that we should have been taught but also to get the validation from an actual teacher to be like yeah i agree with you guys we all should have been taught this shit instead of all the crap that we are taught so it was like kind of interesting that she really agreed i i didn't know how it would go if she would be like what the hell no you're we're taught really good things or whatever right yeah she's pretty badass like she's probably the coolest teacher i've ever spoken to and met she was not like our art teachers at our high school that's she's for sure basically michelle pfeiffer or was from dangerous minds which you better oh watch God. that movie okay so i was just talking about how i have to watch this movie before we record our intro so i can say i saw it and i still haven't <laughs> oh my god i know i'm going to i'm going to watch it i need to watch it before next week that can be what you can hold me accountable for now it's a classic how could you do this i don't even know what to I'm say i'm gonna anymore. google it what's it called dangerous minds oh yeah <laughs> okay i'm gonna google it i'm gonna figure this out Ooh, michelle pfeiffer is so hot <laughs> she is but before we get into the um episode we definitely need to shout out our sponsors. Yes, we wanted to thank our sponsor, Intamo Pleasurables, for supporting Herspective. Intamo Pleasurables is a Canadian sexual self-care company. They use 100% plant-based ingredients in all of their products. They are a company that cares and gives back a portion from every sale to facilitate free sex and pleasure education in our communities. Head to intamopleasurables.com for their full line of products and use coupon code HERSPECTIVE20 at checkout. And thank you to our sponsor, Birch and Fog, for supporting the show. Birch and Fog is an online luxury plant-based wellness store for the modern woman. They carry a wide range of CBD products. We can't recommend them enough. We have been using the Feel CBD Sleep Drops and they're absolutely amazing. So to learn more about their products, check them out on Instagram at Birch and Fog or at www.birchandfog.com. And of course, use coupon code HERSPECTIVE20 at checkout to get $20 off your first order. We are honestly obsessed with these products and we know you will be too. So you definitely want to go check them out. Two amazing sponsors and a lot of amazing products. Yeah, and we're obsessed with both. So honestly, we cannot recommend them enough. Everybody, you need these products in your life. And they're Canadian, (laughs) so that makes them that much better. And they're women run, so... Yeah. Well, that makes them the best. Gold star there. (laughs) Super gold star. So yeah, we have an awesome show today and we're going to get into it. We are being joined by Becky Dilio. She is the creative director at a Toronto high school called The Six Academy. And she will let everyone know how it came to be The Six Academy. She's also a fine artist, a fashion illustrator, And as mentioned, an arts educator. We are super excited to have her on the show tonight. Well, welcome to the show, Becky. Thank you so much for joining us. We're really excited to chat with you. 
Thanks all things me. education. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to chat about. A lot on the table these days, hey? Yeah. <laughs> yes. It is night and day from when uh, Jess and I and yourself were in high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely much, a much, much more enriching environment and way more exciting for the teachers, much more exciting for the students and just everybody involved. I probably would have left teaching, to be honest with you, if it was still the same old, same old teacher at the front of the classroom, students sitting in their desks. Um, I I think I would have been so bored. (laughs) I would have been like, career change. Yeah, it is boring. (laughs) I don't know how some teachers do it or did it, that's for sure. But speaking of which, tell us about your teacher of what, where you teach. Yeah, fill us in on all that first. (laughs) Okay, let's get down to the nitty gritty, right? Thank you again. Thanks, Thanks for having me. As I just blurted right in there, thank you so much for having me. I'm uh, I'm the creative director at a school here in Toronto. It's Central Toronto Academy, and we're relatively new on the scene um, because we were Central Commerce Collegiate before, and uh, we kind of came to a, a point in the um, the educational side of things where we had to rebrand. Our enrollment numbers are getting really low. We, uh, we had some rival gangs in the school. Wow, very, oh my. Yeah, yeah, which made a very uh, toxic environment. Um, there's a lot of bullying happening as well. This is like a good 10 years ago. So, so the climate's definitely changed dramatically since then. And, uh, and a team came together at Central Toronto Academy and we decided that we were going to rebrand the school, introduce new programming, uh, shake things up, make it much more uh, student-focused, and introduce new programming that was going to engage the students through community outreach projects. And um, with that being said, myself and a few colleagues, we created a social entrepreneurial program within the school. And when we rebranded, that consisted of the graphic communication kids coming together and having their voices heard and uh, coming up with a moniker, a little nickname for the program within the school, and that's the Six Academy because it was Central Toronto Academy. That was literally right when Drake was calling Toronto the Six, and I'll never forget (laughs) one of my students just sort of blurted it out in class. We were actually discussing the new mascot design, and, and one of my students was like, we should call the school the Six Academy. And literally the entire class, we all lit up. We're like, that's such a great idea. So students were involved with uh, creating the new logo for it, creating a website, creating all the social media accounts. And uh, yeah, they helped to roll it out directly, directly helped with the branding and marketing. So that's amazing. That was exciting. (laughs) Yeah, that's an amazing story. That's like... It's like a movie, actually. I wish Drake would hear would hear our story. <laughs> It'd be nice. Maybe he'll hear the podcast and, and make it yeah. rain so, at the school. Send us <laughs> some funding. <laughs> the Six God should fund the Six Academy. We'd love to grow our music. A music production program is ideally what we'd like to do as well. So definitely if Drake is listening, we have a DJ club at the school and we do have a little music production studio that one of my colleagues like created from scratch. And uh, yeah, it'd be great to get some heavy hitters in the hip hop community helping with the funding. 
Just putting it out there, ladies. Putting it out there. <laughs> That's good manifesting. Keep up the good exactly. work. We're hoping Drake is listening. We're hope we hope Drake is listening to our podcast. I mean, why yeah. wouldn't he be a podcast right? for women? Why wouldn't he be? <laughs> well, we're all from the six. So, is your is your um, school would that be a private school or how does that work? Because like I didn't realize that you could be so. Um, involved with changing a lot in terms of the the school because don't you have like curriculum that you have to align with like I'm not really familiar with the education system does that does this Mm -hmm. question even make sense (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) absolutely it was it wasn't like okay let's change the name of this school it was a lengthy process we had to get the approval of the community um, we had on a municipal level, we had to get the approval like from the Toronto District School Board and and um, and the city as well. It was it was a process. It didn't just happen overnight. Right. Um, however, obviously, the school board recognized the fact that um, in order to save the school, like literally, we had to save the school because we were going to be shut down. Um, there was there was a time when the TDSB they were closing a number of the schools because of low enrollment numbers. Um, and selling off some of the properties to generate some income for the school board um, and and our school in particular. Uh, again, it was just it 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 wasn't the healthiest environment. Um, uh, there were just a lot of external factors that came into play that sort of uh, <laughs> that sort of fueled the fire, I guess, so to speak, to. Um, scare their students away and deter parents from enrolling uh, their children in the school. But uh, nonetheless, nonetheless, an amazing team came together and we decided, okay, we don't want to see the school doors close. We are going to do something about it. And we rallied behind uh, a vision. And again, that was to, to help elevate student voice and to bring in community partnerships. Uh, the ministry about 10 years ago rolled out a program, it's Specialist High Skills Majors, the acronym is SHSM, and the philosophy, the teaching pedagogy behind that is experiential learning, and that's to take students out of the classroom and into the community to learn, um, and to also bring mentors in to um, work on real-world projects and initiatives and that was a really exciting initiative and I was definitely all over that because I was like get me out of the classroom (laughs) Mm -hmm. however possible let's go on some field trips let's go to a photo studio let's go to um, an ad firm let let let's see what the movers and shakers are doing in the real world and let's follow suit and let's collaborate. So from a teaching perspective, it made things a lot more exciting, exciting for myself as a teacher because I love to reinvent the wheel and I, I enjoy new challenges and I enjoy connecting with new people out in the community. Uh, we worked with a number of artists out of art studios and arts collectives before as well. So um, so yeah, that, that was the, that was the game changer. I would say it was like getting students out of the classroom to learn. And that was awesome. The highlight. I, yeah. Again, it's like a, a totally like, uh, like a movie. We need a reality writer. show. We need a reality yeah. show. <laughs> I would say it's such a happy ending, right? What's the movie with Keanu Reeves? This one was not like a happy ending, but he came in and like helped change the school around. 
What, was that Keanu Reeves? Oh, I don't remember. Okay. I remember Dangerous Minds with Michelle Pfeiffer, and that was me <laughs> once upon a time. Oh, my God. That's amazing. <laughs> I don't remember that one. Me and Coolio, yeah, With yeah, Coolio? Yeah. <laughs> what well, was that? Coolio's not in the movie, but The Gangster's Paradise. Gangster's so the Paradise. So, like, the theme song was Gangster's Paradise by Coolio. Yeah, okay. that's right. And I actually introduced Hip Hop Ed. Hip Hop Ed is part of of the curriculum now. I, I believe it is an actual course. Um, I remember introducing it, oh gosh, like again, a good 10 years ago um, because I realized that was the, that was the interest of, of the demographic of the school. The kids were into their rap, which is great. Um, I love dance, so I brought in some B-boys and B-girls to, <laughs> to help with the dance program. And I've been collaborating with street artists, artists ever since. So we have a very strong um, street art program within our school. And that's all entwined with the branding and, and the community outreach. So yeah, I was teaching hip hop ad. It was fun. Okay, you're like the coolest teacher ever. Yeah. Why did you not exist when we were in high school? Because I would have, I mean, I had a good time in high school, and I, but just like more from the social aspect. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I would have been a way better student if I had a teacher like you. I might not but you know have, what? Uh, dropped Your story... out several times if I had a good teacher like you. <laughs> you know Thank what? You. A, lot of, a lot of our friends probably wouldn't have dropped out several times. Yeah. But your story reminds me of like Save the Last Dance meets Dangerous Minds meets. I have to watch this Dangerous Minds. I've never heard of this. Oh, it's a classic. It's a classic. Oh, God. Yeah, it's it's a classic. Young Michelle Pfeiffer. I love her. So She's hot. so hot. Yeah, I'm I'm check. I'm gonna Google it for sure. So yeah, badass in this classic. movie too. Yeah, you'll watch it tonight. You're gonna love okay. it. Um, I can't believe you haven't <laughs> yeah, seen it. Either. Actually, that's that's. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I, I still I still <laughs> bring in the hip hop ad. It's it's again music production like rapping, DJing, it's, it's just, these are all real world skills that are transferable for, for high school students. Like if you have, if you have a, an iMac and like garage band, why shouldn't you be making beats <laughs> if you're a music student? Yeah. Like, do it. And it's really what you interesting <laughs> to come from that perspective because, you know, that, and that's part of what we wanted to chat with you about being like a teacher, which you're very much a, I would, say a new age teacher and you and the colleagues that were part of like this uh six academy development obviously saw the need for that kind of change to make a curriculum that is applicable to your student demographic and the world as it is right now i mean that that just wasn't an option like yes you had your music class and you had drama and you had art class but it was all so like old school like there wasn't really was real yeah like you didn't really have an option to be such an individual like you did and through art you express yourself obviously um as an individual but you had to follow the curriculum like if you were drawing a flower in a vase like that's what you were doing even learning outside of the curriculum or learning in a different way was almost penalized um, in our generation and do keep in mind like me and Lauren are really old now so we haven't been in high school in a really long time I'm older so it's okay <laughs> <laughs> well Jess you're the youngest on the call okay, well, I'm, so. I'm gonna age us all and tell you it's been a long time since I've been in high school but anyways yeah, I, I'm too. sure things 18 years yeah and so I'm sure things are different like you know I just saw on the news um, and, and I know you teach art but I literally just saw on the news the other day that they added in um, to the math 
curriculum for I think coding, elementary yeah. coding and financial literacy and I was thinking like what are you are you literally freaking kidding me that it's taken this like I thank god but it's taken this freaking long to get in the curriculum it's so it's almost so primitive before so it's really cool when you see people that come in and like really understand that people learn differently express differently and it's not so like primitive like the curriculum can be I think so antiquated yeah yeah Yeah. and that actually is what we wanted to talk to you about too and why we wanted to have you on the show is because what is like teaching in this current climate like like how does it differ from I guess our generation say so we're 80s babies um and so like you know it's not that long but it's that long but like the advancements in technology Mm -hmm. happen really quickly and advanced from the starting point we just thought like it'd be so great to like get some insight from someone who's actually in the industry living it teaching it and understand like where you're seeing like the successes and still some of like maybe I don't I hate to call it failures but like some of the challenges would Mm -hmm. be a better word Mm -hmm. um and the gaps because I think parents um nowadays that are have like well for me I have children that are in grade school and before I know it they're going to be in high school and it's you know it's like how do you know how to like help your kid and coach your kid and Mm -hmm. you know let them explore certain passions and like you just what do you do as a parent now? Because you now have to deal with like social media and you deal with mm-hmm. all the tech and your mm-hmm. kids have better tech skills than you do. They know how to use an iPhone and all that. Their tech <laughs> skills <wild>. are <laughs> hugely immense. So obviously like you hope that things can keep up with it. How? And, but we don't even know how to keep up with it or about it half the time. So like how do, mm-hmm. how do you accommodate that? I know. What's well, a learning curve for everyone? Yeah, like our generation does, but your the, the generations to come are just going to like blow us out of the water, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, that's, yeah, that's a loaded question. <laughs> and it's exciting yeah, times sorry. again, get, get, <laughs> getting back to, um, no, 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 it's great. It's like getting back to um, uh, what I said before. It's just the curriculum is changing and it's an exciting time to be a teacher and a student um, because both the teachers and the students I feel are planning together um we're we're reshaping the curriculum together um myself as a teacher personally I kind of say like the curriculum sometimes writes itself because I infuse so much of what's happening in the world today Uh, I want students to have global competencies I infuse so much what's happening in society into the arts curriculum so instead of activism I call it artivism and obviously, uh, the whole Black Lives Matter movement, um, we, we've done uh, a big a big push for that last year. We did these, uh, these huge, massive portraits um, highlighting the Black Student Alliance group in our school so that students would have familiarity um, within the walls of the school. They would see themselves painted in a, in a style that that represents you know who they are today um, is more reflective of the diversity within our society um, collaborating with our indigenous mentors is a huge piece of the curriculum now as well which I'm really excited about um, it's it's called NAP Native Arts and Culture Program that was also introduced through the ministry and through the Toronto District School Board a number of years ago and a lot of schools are um, are on board with with implementing this indigenous based curriculum and and 
collaborating directly with our, our First Nations community. Wow. And that, that piece as well has a really strong um, component to sustainability within the curriculum, which is also uh, imperative moving forward. Like every teacher needs to be on board with, with how can we help shape a sustainable future within the classroom? Like what, what skill sets can we be providing our students with and tools and techniques to ensure that, that climate change is, is, is part of the narrative and we are doing something to combat it. Um, and then getting back to what you're saying as well about the curriculum, it does take a long time to actually change the curriculum guidelines. There's a lot of legislation involved. There's a lot of red tape involved and, and going back and forth. However, I always say this, there are no curriculum police. <laughs> um, <laughs> they've been defunded. No. Um, <laughs> like do you, if, as a teacher, do teachers see kind of like, I guess like, things falling short within the curriculum and get to change it like who changes the curriculum totally that that and that's that's what I think the public maybe don't fully understand that teachers can really pave the way to introducing new theories and new techniques and new technologies themselves um there are a lot of different grants out there to to submit um for funding out in the community, a lot of ministry-led grants as well. Well, there were <laughs> during the Wind administration. I don't, I'm not really sure what's happening so much with the Ford administration. A lot of the funding's been cut. But nonetheless, um, there are grants at the municipal level. There are grants at the provincial level for, for technology-based education, um, for arts and culture. So it does require a little extra legwork. And I always get my students to help write the grants as well and, and knock on wood we do receive a number of, of grants for our funding for our programming and with that being said I can then uh, channel um, uh, channel the funds into projects that that you wouldn't typically be able to do within within the typical high school funding and budgeting right so with that being said it really does depend on the teacher and also depends on on the school and and a lot of it stems from really strong leadership as well and it, it's having a supportive administration team that is willing to to support the ideas of the teachers and again we've been very fortunate at Central Toronto Academy we have our principal Ivana Kerman who is is a true champion for teachers like she believes in our ideas like we have to pitch an idea and I, I teach my students how to pitch ideas as well and uh, she helps to approve of our initiatives and and with that being said, like we've, we've had an opportunity to roll out um, a number of fashion projects that, that have obviously cost a little bit of money to get things started in the first place, i.e. Uh, we worked with an amazing designer, George Sully is his name, and our very first mm -hmm. project was a shoe project. Allie was involved in that project too, our, our friend in Yeah, and that's how we got connected with you is through <laughs> Allie, uh, who is our PR guru, and we've had her on the show too. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Um, yeah she kind of talked to us about that, like – working with George and then working with yourself and the Six Academy and getting that um, shoe, I guess, project going and just, and she said it was just so amazing. So, I mean, like that is really cool. And again, like if this was 
an option when I was in school like you have right. to wonder <laughs> what kind of direction would I've gone and not that I went in a bad direction but I think I would have went in a different direction or I would mm-hmm. have had more opportunities or been interested or had passion for other things um and you say that like it, it really is dependent on like your administration mm-hmm. and the kind of teachers in the school because I feel like not all high schools in let's say TDSB, um, which is Toronto District School Board, Mm -hmm. and maybe like all the other municipalities as well, operate that way. Like I feel like you've got like such an energy about yourself and it sounds like the school has that – just like shares in that energy. Everybody feels that way Mm -hmm. because I have other teacher friends that it does not sound like this (laughs) is the way their school is run. So I don't know if that's because you're an art school primarily or if it's just about like the group that work within the school. It, it is. It really does come down to the teachers um, and and teachers having passion, obviously, and having a vision. And, well, it's a team, right? So no single solo teacher can do it themselves. Like, we're not all Michelle Pfeiffer's. <laughs> we need it. We need it. <laughs> Bring it okay, back to James. I feel really bad for so, not yeah, seeing Coolio. the show. <laughs> I'm really behind for this combo. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, but it, it is it really is a team environment and as as teachers we have to we have to encourage students to, to have that team mentality as well and to collaborate with one another and that's a great thing about teaching and learning right now as well it's much more collaborative it's like a collection of thoughts ideas working on projects together and it's cross-curricular too and 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 you're you're absolutely right like my colleagues are amazing and I'm not just saying that because <laughs> I'm being recorded but um, we, do, <laughs> we do so much together it's, it's a it's a very supportive dynamic and I know we're very fortunate to be at the school that we're at and and the public starting to take notice as well because like, again we were at at an enrollment rate of like just I think over 300 once upon a time and again our doors are going to be shut to uh, we're well over capacity now and that's taken years to rebuild the school and the reputation and the programming and the name and stuff but but um, you know people in the community are taking note because it is a very caring and supportive environment and not all schools have that but I, I know I, I see a lot of teacher friends as well a lot of colleagues on Twitter and I see all the amazing projects that they're up to so I know it's not just within my school um it, it is taking place across the TDSV I can't speak for all of Ontario I can't speak for all of Canada uh however I did of get course. a chance I did get a chance to meet um a number of of teachers uh in Ottawa a couple years ago we uh were part of um we were part of a, a team that won an award. <laughs> I want to brag here. Please brag. Yeah. 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 We won the Prime Minister's Award, uh, a number of teachers. So I did have a chance to meet other teachers across Canada and, and hear their stories and learn about their programming. And wow, there is a lot of incredible work being done across Canada. There really is. And it's great that there is um, a series of awards out there for teachers to, to acknowledge what they're doing and to highlight what students are doing within these programs and within these schools because I'm just so impressed with what they're doing out in BC with regards to um, like climate change and environmental pursuits and upcycling and and thinking about new age materials for for new resources and stuff. It's just It's just amazing and what they're doing up up in um, 
some of the First Nation reserves as well. Like there's a lot of passionate teachers out there. And sometimes we get the short end of the stick and people think we're just a bunch of complainers and always talking about, about you know, annual incomes and salaries <laughs> and benefits and this and that. <laughs> but I have well, to you know, say- it's funny you say that because I was going to say like, this is the first time I've ever heard this kind of like talk from a teacher. It really is. And and in fairness, I'm not like immersed in the education system or industry. Like I have younger kids, they go to Mm -hmm. public school um, and I I get my education news online or on TV and online. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, but it, it is, it does really feel like teachers are always kind of fighting for more which I I'm here for because I could never be a teacher like I respect teachers admire them so much (laughs) I'm so grateful for them um I was never one of those people that were like well you get summers off what are you complaining about because it's like I can barely deal with my own children and now (laughs) having to homeschool I can't imagine um, having a classroom And I feel like there's no easy age because every age group comes with its own challenges. And like high schoolers, like now you're dealing with hormones raging and (laughs) you've got to deal with social media and all the devices and Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. being able to access anything they want at any time. And like everybody has a cell phone if they don't have two. Um, (laughs) So it's like I I couldn't do what you do. And I'm so grateful that you are are somebody who has so much passion for your job and like your industry, I think I would like my children to go to your school. So hopefully you'll still be teaching there in the next um, five plus years. Uh, But this is what we wanted to talk about. We wanted to like get that information out there and, you know, expand the awareness around teachers do have opportunities to go for grants and Mm -hmm. um, expand the curriculum and even change the curriculum. Mm -hmm. I don't know if the general public knows that or not. No, they really don't. I'm the general public and I did not know that. Right. Yeah. (laughs) But maybe we don't know it because we have no reason to know it. Yeah, well, that's the truth. We should. Like, this is something that should be more common knowledge and public knowledge. I'm sure if I Googled it, I'd find out. But I feel like these are the kind of conversations that should be part of Mm – what you hear in the news and the media about education um you know i think if people understood that there's other options and opportunities maybe the haters will call them would be less likely to hate on teachers and the and the system or the people that are very like pro-education and like supportive of the teachers would be even more so and like work to helping them get these grants and helping change Mm -hmm. the curriculum um so it's just something that like I had no idea about and I think it's so fantastic and it already has changed kind of my like opinion on (laughs) what's to come for the high school like the kids going into high school like maybe all the schools eventually in all sorts of um, school board districts will start embracing this kind of programming. Mm-hmm. And I, I know many of them are with the Specialist High Schools Majors Program, the the enrichment, the out in the community enrichment experiences, experiential learning is what they call it. I, I know a lot of schools do have um, these programs within various subjects. It could be um, health and wellness. We just introduced that at our school. So we have sports broadcasting now, which is really cool. Um, again, getting the students out at a local broadcast station and working with, with sportscasters out in the community 
working with podcasters even one day wow. when we get back to school if you ladies want to come Yay. in oh we'd love <laughs> yeah. to oh my god we would love to so actually when school starts in september that's our one year podcast anniversary we'll have one year of experience yeah <laughs> nice amazing Every school, I mean, a lot of schools have their own uh, YouTube channels as well. I mean, I, I know we do. Uh, students are probably going to be making their own school's TikTok accounts as well. So, so it's, it's definitely a time to integrate technology. And I actually get the students to do a lot of our own social media and technology as well. I <laughs> Knock on wood again, I've had, uh, I've, I've had a great group of students who I can trust who have access to our Instagram account and, and actually help upload content and manage the Twitter. We have a couple of Twitter accounts as well. So yeah, it's, it's just been great. Like, again, like you girls said, like students know so much, teenagers know so much about technology, even grade school kids know so much about technology. So may as well get them putting it to good use now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think it'll only help if anything. And also it teaches them a good way to kind of like utilize social media and all that technology like in a positive way so um, people stay safe and, and use it properly, right? Absolutely. Safe, safety is a huge concern, especially especially for the grade school kids. There's just so many online predators out there and, and it does take a whole community to help to educate our children about, about how to handle themselves online and how to navigate through the system online. Um, and obviously due diligence from the parents as well, because, um, I have a one-year-old at home and my goodness, like it's going to be making sure that when he finally does get a phone in his hand, I'm going to be like checking all of his accounts and whatnot. And, and, uh, yeah, there's a lot of predators out there, but I think by the time students are in high school, uh, it's, it's, it's great to teach them how to use social media for branding and marketing and, and showcasing their work. But not just so much um, as, you know, safety for younger kids. I, I meant things like cyberbullying and stuff, because that is uh, mm-hmm. something that's unsafe that you would see in, in high school ages, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you mm-hmm. deal with all of that? So I've noticed over the years, everybody now takes screenshots <laughs> and they, they, they keep the receipts, so to speak. Um, and <laughs> I know the receipts, keep yeah. the receipts, <laughs> you got to keep those receipts and, um, and you can like, everything can be screenshot and presented to, to the administration. Um, you know, heaven forbid there is any type of online harassment. We deal with that immediately. Like the police are involved, students are questioned and identities are, are found out, so to speak. And, and there are repercussions, like serious repercussions for online harassment. And the word has gone out. Again, I'm just speaking to students at my school, but I've noticed over the years, just like I'm talking over the years, over the past couple of years in particular, uh, students aren't standing for it anymore. They will call each other out or call out another group if some account has been made. For example, there's um, meme pages. So every school has a somebody monitoring their meme page. So like funny jokes about teachers or like random stuff about students or things that are going on. But if, if any of the commentary or the posts sort of take a nosedive, students are so quick to report that to the administration or come to me about it that I've actually contacted uh, people that I know at Facebook or at Twitter and, and have account and have had accounts removed altogether. So, um, 
so yeah, I, I feel like in today's day and age, students have zero tolerance when it comes to online harassment and bullying, again, at the teenage level, and, and they're quick to put out that fire. The students are themselves, which is wonderful to see. Because it wasn't like that 10 years ago. Like, bullying was running rampant, like, 10 yeah. years ago. It was really intense. And, I mean, 10 years ago, I would say, is really when, like, social media kicked off. Like, a little bit more than 10 years ago. But, like, mm-hmm. Facebook started, um, like, you know, about 15 years ago, I would say. Like, really, like, that's when kind of it was wildly My used. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, It's interesting that that's a new layer for teachers because Mm -hmm. you didn't have to deal with that really until everybody had their own device. But now it happens all in your hand, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I think that's a really interesting like layer for teachers to have to deal with now because, I mean, they've got every social platform out there going. They maintain all of them. Plus Mm -hmm. they have like YouTube channels. They maintain Mm -hmm. that. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm sure you've got students that are probably, if they're not influencers, borderline influencers. Like, you know, it's how do you keep that kind of like separate? Like, okay, that's great. Social media is here. It's here to stay. We have to like accept it and live with it and embrace it. But at the same time, you still have to be educated in other fields outside of social media. So how do you keep that separate? Like, how do you try and like, what would you tell teachers from an advice standpoint? How like shut your phones off in class or, you know, like your rules? Because I think that a lot of teachers kind of struggle with that and can't keep up and like. You tell one kid to put it away, the next one's pulled it out. You mm-hmm. tell them to put it away. And now everybody's talking to each other and they're probably all texting about the teacher telling them to put the phone away. Like, it just seems like, it, it for me, I'd be like, oh my God. Yeah, and go yeah, crazy. It's, con- it's constant. Well, it's a constant in battle. Class, um, uh, like, are kids actually putting their devices away for real? Because if you look at any phone, uh, any restaurant, any table, everyone's device is out. So is that still mandatory? I know. I know. Is I know. that still happening loud. in school? <laughs> So great, great question. Uh, Social media etiquette, I think, is what it kind of boils down to, right? And every teacher has their own set of rules. Um, It's unrealistic. I know the Ford administration wanted to roll out a cell phone ban in classes. Um, Maybe that's great for the grade school, but good luck trying to get teenagers to to not bring their, their phones to school or to... I guess, give it up at the front of the classroom, which I think some some teachers are capable of doing, um, sort of collecting phones maybe at the start of class. I'm not entirely sure because I do have students uh, who do rely on their phones for, for doing some graphics or photography, um, editing, shooting film, whatever it may be, because being an art teacher, it's, it's a different scenario. However, I really do have to stress them, especially when we do have guest mentors in or guest artists in, to put their phones away because I tell them this all the time. I kind of just just break it down. I just say, you know, you can have the same conversation with your friends on Snapchat after class is done. You have all lunch hour (laughs) to converse with your friends in person or through social media, however you want, or after school or on weekends. But if I've made arrangements to bring somebody in and somebody has their expertise that they want to share with you and they're taking time out of their day because this is a busy professional then let's show them that courtesy and respect 
to put our phones away and pay attention. And they usually get it. If you just sort of break it down to them like that, and I'm not saying every single student does. Of course, when when I'm sitting there or talking or somebody else is in as well and you get the student trying to sneak their phone out and send a quick message because we all do in this day and age, I find we all have short attention spans. You just have to reiterate <laughs> the importance of, of doing your best to pay attention. And then when they do, I give them so much praise and I might be like, okay, you can, you can go on your phones for five minutes now. Five minute phone break. <laughs> Everybody take their phones out. Send a couple of messages. Wow. So that's it's, insane it's that, about- you, that you accommodate like that. Like it's amazing, but it's like, I couldn't imagine in high school, like my t- teachers being like, okay, have five minutes to talk to your friends or whatever, you know? I know, right? I Grab your really, phone. I would have appreciated that. Yeah. <laughs> I have five minutes, go walk around the halls. <laughs> yeah. And it probably would have made things a lot, go a lot smoother, right? And mm-hmm. and that's just another example of like how your teaching style differs from, again, our experiences and probably a lot of teachers now because I think there's still that mentality is like fight against the students. Like I'm the teacher, you're the student, mm-hmm. period. Yeah, like, the power rather struggle. Rather than having that – yeah, that respectful and mutual relationship where – sorry, mutual respectful relationship mm-hmm. where it's like I'm here to teach you because I have the expertise and I have the knowledge, but I respect you as a person and you have a life and you have a social life and obviously social commitment. <laughs> um, and, and But just accepting like this is the world that we live in. But mm-hmm. it's funny also because, you know, you say like, oh – we expect like you to have the respect and the courtesy for a, a guest speaker and yourself as the teacher. Mm-hmm. Or, or um, the peers that the peers are presenting as well. Yeah, exactly. Like each other. We But the thing is, it's such a – it's also like a learned behavior. A, it's like pretty mm-hmm. much an addiction. We're all kind of It addicted. is. I know. But it it's is. also a learned <laughs> behavior <laughs> because – your parents are doing it. Their parents are doing it. Mm-hmm. We're all doing yeah. it. We're yeah. out for dinner and drinks or whatever with our friends. And Guilty. all of a sudden you're Guilty face down in your yep. phone. Yeah. Exactly, right? So how mm-hmm. it's – we hold – we seem to hold like our students and our kids at these higher standards than ourselves because it's mm-hmm. like get off your phone. Stop doing that. Mm-hmm. Don't interrupt. Mm-hmm. Pay attention. Meanwhile, <laughs> I'm on my phone. I know. Yeah. I tell them point blank. I'm like, I, I tell them, I'm like, I understand the addiction. Like I'm managing a couple Instagram accounts. I'm managing a couple Twitter accounts. I get the addiction as well. Like I am like in there like a dirty shirt when it comes to social media. <laughs> and I tell them that I'm very honest. I'm very transparent and open and honest with them. And I, again, I do acknowledge when they have put forth an effort to, to be respectful and to it be engaged. Like you have, yeah, it seems like you just have like this different level of respect for your students. Like it seems like you respect them and regard them as more than students. Like you you see them as the people that they are mm-hmm. and let them be those people. Just like on that note, like I just wanted to ask how do you think like how different is it now that because of social media also children are or children, kids, high schoolers seem to be able to express themselves way better and way more freely with acceptance from teachers, from peers, parents even. So like, you know, children from like an LGBTQ um, background. So do you do you experience that, that a lot in your school? Like there's always a stereotype like, well, there are students, so, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, again, that's another really exciting component to teaching in 2020, teaching in this day and age, because 
because there are so many more platforms. And I think it is thanks to social media as well for students to have a voice. Um, you know, think about the average age of an influencer, right? And, and think about how much money an influencer can generate and, and how these big ad agencies are, are seeking out influencers um, to, to help with advertising dollars and, and huge corporations and companies like Google, for example, like what's, what's the average hiring age now um, of, of, of Apple and Google. I think they're trying to hire students right out of high school. <laughs> um, they're like, don't worry about the post-secondary education. Come work for our company right now because we want to we wanna tap into your, your expertise when it comes to, to trends in, in technology and, and media and whatnot. So um, with that being said, it's, it's a time for, for youth to really have a stronger voice because the rest of the world is listening. Like you have the Greta Thunbergs out there that are, are yeah. climate change activists. And, and I want to be teaching the Greta Thunbergs, like the Autumn Peltier, the water, our very own Canadian water warrior, um, who, who, is, who is internationally known as well for her advocacy for clean drinking water on First Nations reserves, like Malala, who, who stood up to the yeah. Taliban for going to school. Like, like this is the time for, for youth to have a voice. And, and obviously... The youthful demographic have, have always sort of led the charge when it comes to trends and and political discourse, I guess, and 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 making a difference in society. It's 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 the youth that sort of lead the march, and I think the adults are finally, and a lot of the CEOs and, and major execs that corporations are finally recognizing the fact that yeah, these these kids have a voice and their voices can be heard and we want to acknowledge what they have to say and the way that they think and the way that they learn, the way that they navigate through life. And, and we can learn from them as well. So I think the learning, learning goes back and forth, um, with through generations, it's fluidity within the learning, (laughs) within the learning, um, educational system. And, um, and it, again, it's a really exciting time because of youth activism and again, there are so many more platforms now for, for their voices to be heard and, and for movements to be led and, and they can collaborate over social media and, and lead a march out to City Hall or be part of the Black Lives Matter movement um, or be part of climate change action. So, so it's, it, is exciting, it is an exciting time and I'm, I'm finding that this generation are more accepting overall. Um, because their peers are more comfortable with being true to themselves because there is more support in society. Um, it, just thinking about um, mental health initiatives as well, uh, there certainly is almost an end to the stigma when it comes to mental health. Like I have a lot of students flat out tell me you know, what, what they're going through on a mental health level and, and I can make accommodations for them, whereas before, as a high school student, if I ever had anxiety, I couldn't walk up to my teacher and said, I'm, I'm having a panic attack. I need to go take a walk. <laughs> You'd be like, no, sit yeah. down at your desk. I don't want to hear it. A what attack? What? What's a panic attack? Um, so, so because there's conversations that are being had um, and there are children and youth spearheading movements, uh, the rest of the world is listening. People are tuning in. 
And you're so right about like being, you know, I, I do remember having some teachers that I and a guidance counselor that I felt like comfortable talking to. I had like a really crazy experience in my youth um, and I had to tell someone and I luckily was able to talk to my guidance counselor and then talk to mm-hmm. my mom and blah, blah, blah. So I think but that I think they were really far, few and far between. And mm-hmm. when you talk about acceptance, like the stigma around mental health has been lifted so, 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 so much. And as adults and people, you know, from different generations are realizing that mental health isn't an adult disease or condition. Like it affects everybody at all different levels, stages, Mm -hmm. ages, Mm -hmm. everything. So um, I think the awareness of that probably has really helped a lot of youths be able to come out and talk about like the things they struggle with um and that i think that goes towards like uh being more comfortable with their sexuality and sexual Mm -hmm. orientation um and preferences and everything because you know i i would not be able to say like if there was a student in our high school that was like flamboyant in some way um would they be wildly accepted or would they be ridiculed no they really weren't um there was a few and far between um in our school lauren that we like you know and even the the people that would hang out and do the art um and unfortunately art was was what it was in our school because we went to like an athletic Mm -hmm. school but they all got made fun of and um Mm-hmm. I remember literally there being one um, gay guy and he was like, he was not flamboyant, but he, you know, dressed a little bit different. And they used to, uh, what is it, niner him and, and put him in lockers and stuff. <laughs> no. Like, it was oh, insane. No. It just wasn't, it just, and, and we weren't even in high school that long ago. I guess I'm contradicting my last point when I said we were there a million years ago, but literally in the grand scheme <laughs> of things, it wasn't that long ago. And mm-hmm. even back then mm-hmm. it was so... Um, I would say unaccepting. Yeah, that you were bullied because you were different. And I think that's because the education around those differences wasn't there. Like people were not having those conversations. Yeah. Yeah. You would be shunned. You mm-hmm. were weird. And mm-hmm. like being queer was a bad thing. Everything mm-hmm. had a negative connotation to it um, because it just wasn't like a community conversation like this just was not something that people talked about and in fact you were secretive about it and you would want to hide it mm-hmm. um, which is so sad and unfortunate and I'm so glad we finally have come to a Change. place where yeah. that acceptance has changed and um, those doors have been open and I do attribute a lot of that to social media as well because when people have platforms and the people that were like I am different or I am mm-hmm. this whatever they identify as um, and were brave enough to come out there and like talk about it and be a face for it the reach they have with social Mm -hmm. media is around the world so other Mm -hmm. people like oh i'm like that too and i'm like that and then finally Mm -hmm. like these communities were built within the communities and people were able to like just normalize it which is great because that's what it should be we're all just human and we should be just treated as humans um absolutely so bringing that into the school though i just i'm curious about like that experience mm-hmm. as a teacher and mm-hmm. how teachers handle it like I guess you it you know again things don't also like change overnight like people need no. time to kind of <laughs> catch up and understand and so as a teacher I'm sure you've seen that change in like just the past 10 years even 
Yeah, well, do you want to do you want to hear a story? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, we do. <laughs> so um, I had a student, and uh, it's okay if I use his name. His name's Solomon, and I've gotten his permission, his blessing to to acknowledge his contributions to changing the uh, the attitudes of the students at the school. And again, this was about ten years ago, and I remember it was the year before the day of pink when the kids um, out east, I guess one of the students at the school was bullied for wearing a pink shirt and that spawned this entire um, national movement which became a global movement, Day of Pink. But same thing was happening in our school and I refer to teaching as a wild, wild west back then because uh, all across Canada, everyone seems to have the same story that about 10 years ago, just this culture of, of bullying and, and, and homophobic remarks. It, it was just running rampant throughout all the schools. And um, I had a student, his name was Solomon, and he was very flamboyant, and he wore high heels to school. And he was new to our school, and I think he was a senior student, and he was tall, and he had these gorgeous legs, and he wore these skinny, skinny jeans, and he walked through the halls of our school, Gangster's Paradise, <laughs> wearing oh my hot, God. <laughs> hot pink high heels, stilettos. And uh, I just thought he was just so confident and so amazing. And um, he started to collect a following. Like his students really respected him because he was so confident. However, however, a lot of the theater and drama students and art students, they were constantly harassed just because they were in the arts and, and there were a lot of homophobic remarks directed their way. And, um, and this one student of mine, Solomon, ended up getting, getting beaten up by a group of students. He was attacked oh and his phone was taken from him and smashed all over the floor. And it was outside my drama room and... Um, really nothing was done about it like his attackers I don't even know if they were suspended I'm not really sure what the extent of the aftermath was but I know as a teacher I was not satisfied um, and I do want to acknowledge that the school system has changed so much since then there are so many protocols now in place like there's um there's just a team of of caring adults that that would intercept a situation like that now but things were different back then and anyway so myself and our graphic design students decided that like this was bullshit that this was happening at our school like these kids are constantly getting harassed so we started a movement it was like it was called we take no bull in and we highlighted the word bull and added Y-I-N-G because it was total bullshit that these kids in the day in, day out were getting harassed. And uh, yeah, so we just kind of came together as, as a graphics communications class and decided to roll out this t-shirt campaign. And that was a very spark of our, our fashion line, so to speak. And, and over the years, we had, had, had continued to do positive social messaging through t-shirts. Um, and then that led us to the shoe project, but I have to say it was, it was a very toxic environment back then and it wasn't just our school. So I don't want to pick on our old school, um, and, and highlight all the shortcomings, but it, it did take an entire team to, to introduce, um, a caring and, and safe environment and, and have clubs and, and have like the LGBTQ club and have the GSA gay straight Alliance club and, and, and have a black student Alliance club and have the social justice club form, um, as safe spaces for students to talk about their experiences and, and how they could 
educate one another and grow from them and and try and try and change people's perspectives and and viewpoints on situations so it that was sort of like the catalyst like that I was actually ready to leave teaching at that point too it was um it was it was a pretty pretty riveting experience for me and I just was not happy with with the climate of the schools um, so I was like, you know, I didn't sign up for this in life. I want, I want to inspire people. I want to help people. I want to encourage people. Um, I just really wasn't seeing enough happening with regards to repercussions for that kind of behavior. So, so students took it into their own hands. Then we ended up leading the World Pride Parade for the Toronto Justice School Board after that. And Solomon was there and he was, <laughs> he was on the pride float. He had graduated at this point and it was really great to see him shine and, and kind of come full circle and, and, and be a true leader. So, and I think that's really important as well for teachers to, to empower students and, and sort of seek out the leaders because peers are gonna learn, their peers are gonna learn from one another. I think they're gonna listen to their peers more than they're actually gonna listen to me. <laughs> which is why I like yeah, to bring definitely. in com- community mentors as well. I like to bring in professionals from the community, from all walks of life. Again, street artists to, to designers like George Sully to amazing photographers like Steve Carty. Um, uh, just a whole long list of, of inspirational um, professionals out in the community. Ali as well, who helped us out with, with our PR for all of our events. Um, and anyway, so just getting students more involved directly with the programming and empowering them and getting students, finding a way to sort of trick them into leading their peers <laughs> through through the program itself, right? Having them come up with ideas and finding a way to take their ideas and and turn it into a project for them. Um, well, so that's I such some, a... Mm-hmm. positive um that's such a positive like story I mean it's it's terrible and it's sad but I'm I'm glad like Solomon like, had a happy ending on top <laughs> yeah it had a happy ending. ending and I yeah. I mean I can appreciate why you'd want to leave teaching absolutely that's not what you signed up you did not sign up to be the Michelle Pfeiffer of like a Toronto inner city <laughs> school um yeah. so I and and that's scary. Also, like the know. homophobia really bothered me. I'm not gonna like it. Really struck a chord with me, and just sort of witnessing that happen to my student. Yeah, bullying in general strikes a chord with me. Um, mm-hmm. I always stood against bullying. Like we actually mm-hmm. have a bullying yeah. episode on our um, podcast, just about adult bullying and uh, workplace mm-hmm. bullying, and it still mm-hmm. happens, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and like female to female bullying Um, Mm -hmm. but so there still needs to be awareness about it but I mean in school it's so different and there's always going to be bullies there's always Mm going to be haters there's always going to be people that don't get along but it's about like just decide that you aren't for each other and that's fine and like move on like you don't have to put the energy into like hurting someone else or ruining somebody else because you just don't like them or agree with them but I think that's a hard thing to mentally overcome for some people because that it always goes back to like what their lifestyle is what are they dealing with in their lives yeah um, yeah, and what their environment is like but Mm -hmm. just going back to Solomon also strutting Mm -hmm. down the halls with his beautiful legs and stilettos and and garnering a following is really interesting too because originally like so say 10 years ago like people were not used to that or maybe ready for that or open to that and here's somebody (laughs) who was like I don't care I don't give a shit what you are ready or not for (laughs) this is me 
and he was living his true self and Absolutely. his authentic self yeah. and ha- did get a following because obviously other students were like we're impressed intrigued like, and impressed by the confidence and it's so attractive like we all know mm-hmm. that confident people are attractive like you're naturally drawn to them there's a charisma about it so I, f- I just think that's such an interesting like dynamic that on one hand he's like hated and then mm-hmm. on the other hand he was praised right mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that also but that's how all influential show- people are uh, there's exactly, always going to be haters exactly. for people that will make a difference yes. and clearly yes. uh, that's exactly what he did you put yourself out there you're you're going to be a target no matter what right yeah. you're either going to be admired or there's going to be haters coming after you and so. I think it also just speaks to authenticity and how important mm-hmm. it is too because when you are living your like being your true self and living your true life you will usually get like positivity from well that. i think yeah mm-hmm. i was just gonna say the exact same thing like when you're if you're gonna live your truth you're gonna end up thriving because you're not hiding behind anything and mm-hmm. honestly there's nothing more freeing than than doing that and anyone mm-hmm. who does knows that so um absolutely and there and you're not gonna have that negative uh feeling i guess because you are just being authentic so um good mm-hmm. for him and i'm glad to see that mm-hmm. and, and it was so nice to hear that he was uh, on in the front of the the float there, the parade. World pride, baby. Yeah. yeah. He, he owned that float. It was awesome. Aw. <laughs> it was really great to see. And plus, I hired him after that, too, after he had graduated. I, I had him working the door at some of our art events in the stilettos. So Honestly, um, good for him for wearing stilettos. Like, I would never wear stilettos, so... That takes special strength than just that. I didn't even last in stilettos for my wedding. I was like, I can't do it. I would never. <laughs> hour, oh. That's it. <laughs> Me, on the other hand, I'm like, I'll wear stilettos for nine hours straight. Wow. <laughs> that's skills. So another question that I mm. had um, was some like, so obviously you have a specific curriculum with um, the arts programs, but mm. There's so many things that we are taught in school mm-hmm. that are useless. <laughs> I was going to say that you can remember, really? <laughs> when barely. That's why they're useless, because I can't remember them. Like, yeah. I... Like, calculus. I can barely do my... What is calculus? I, I never took that. That's... that. What is calculus? I don't even know. I would not yeah, know, no, because I, <laughs> I dropped math in grade 10, because that's... The, I had no purpose for math. Like I knew how to add and subtract and multiply. That that's the and guess I was what? Need. You still don't um, need it. <laughs> You're still good. Yeah, shockingly, <laughs> haven't used the Pythagorean theorem yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> shockingly, algebra has not come up a ton in my adult <laughs> life. So, um, yes, I have an accountant because I did not learn how to do taxes or mm-hmm. anything like that. That would have been useful and helpful. So, mm-hmm. you know, as a teacher, talk to us about that. Like, what should we learn that we aren't learning? And can you make that change so my children yeah. are, are set? <laughs> well, help the next generations to come, please, because yeah. we were just at a disadvantage. <laughs> I know, I know. It, you know, I could not agree more. I feel like what I learned in high school as well is not applicable to to life out of high school. Um, and obviously, like, thank goodness the ministry just announced that they're rolling out this whole new um, coding curriculum, which is Amazing. phenomenal. And fin- financial literacy. But again, it's about time. 
I know for a fact a lot of teachers were already implementing coding into, into the curriculum at the grade school and the high school level through computer science, robotics. Um, so I have to really give credit where credit is due with regards to teachers and teaching because I know there are a lot of tech-savvy teachers out there. Not everyone, trust me, you have the old school teachers that are just like, what, you want me to be on Google Classroom? How do I log in? <laughs> you do have the odd teacher that's like that as well. Um, but for the most part, so many more teachers are taking courses, uh, digital literacy courses. Uh, I know for a fact that um, teachers' colleges and the TDSB, they actually have workshops for teachers to help them, professional development workshops to help them with this. And uh, many teachers do take advantage because it's, it's the way things are, especially with COVID. So mm-hmm. much of learning is migrating online. Um, this is the reality. And you're either going to keep up and and help to implement change or you're going to get left behind and you're going to leave your students behind. And and I really don't know of any teachers that that aren't forward thinkers. Like, why are you in the profession then, right? Um, (laughs) Like, really, why are you in the profession? No, um, but yeah, for the most part, (laughs) teachers are really on board with with implementing um, new technologies within the arts. So there's a big narrative and push for this STEM education, which is science, technology, engineering, and math. And for whatever reason, the narrative left out art. So of course, us art teachers are like, wait a minute, what about us? What about like industrial design, car design? It should be what about architectural steam. design. It's STEAM. That's what it is. I'm going to advocate for <laughs> it. And I know there's a slew of other art teachers that are advocating for it as well. Like all these like gaming apps, all these apps on the phone, all these visuals. Like there is no technology without the arts. We live in a visual society. We're in a visual world. We're in a tech world. Um, Visual communication, digital literacy, you can't have that without the arts. So, yeah. So, with that being said, I, I know the curriculum, it's, it's changing itself. And it literally changes every year. Um, even down to the mentors that I bring into the classroom. Like, we're always, we're always introducing new programming, new projects. Whether it be, uh, again, a sustainability-based project. Um, one of the projects I really enjoyed rolling out was a reusable water bottle project where students had to go and and research what kind of water bottles they wanted to introduce and create some graphics to put on it. So that's another philosophy of mine is to get students designing on the computer and taking those designs off the computer and putting it onto something that they can sell. And then obviously we had a huge push for banning plastic water bottles. And this was a few years ago. And like, you know, finally the city's on board and the rest yes. of society's on board for banning plastics. In fact, I like ream out any students that try and come into my class with a single use water bottle. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> Get out of here. I don't want to see that in here. Yeah, um, no, those are just so gross. I hate them. <laughs> we just, yeah, I, I literally won't buy it. Like my husband if we if we're having like people over and we're trying to you know a large group we're having a party or whatever and he'll be like mm-hmm. oh maybe we should pick up a case of water i'm like are you insane have you met me yeah. like no no yeah no. you have a tap and everybody yeah. knows yeah we have a tap i have a brita um but everybody anybody that knows me and like if they come to my house they would never be like oh do you have a bottle of water like not a chance like they know if you're coming here yeah. either byow 
or (laughs) drink my tap water because yeah you like no so i use a tap that is my like number one thing plastic water bottles and plastic bags like me it drives me insane it's the worst there's no need there's no No need need. plastic bags why do we still produce plastic bags okay you know plastic bags have one use honestly they're so gross in the store but this is so weird i love the fucking smell of them (laughs) no frills (laughs) plastic bags have a really nice odor I'm not even joking. Okay. That's that's not a good use. But <laughs> who knew? I know it's very weird. It's up there with gasoline. Who's out there huffing fun plastic fact, bags other than Jess? I'm not sure, but yeah, fun fact. We've horrible, done we've but... done tote bags though too. That's been part of the curriculum as well. It's our mission to ban single use plastics. And again, the whole Amazing. city has to be on board. The whole school has to be on board. Parents have to the be. The country on board. has like... to be on board. Well, the exactly, whole world. Exactly. This needs to end. And, you know, I guess it's a good thing that the people who are on board most are the next generation who can come in and implement this. Because, like you said about a few other things before, like, people are old school still in a lot of industries, a lot of professions. And, honestly, I think that kind of hinders um, good positive growth for us. And Yeah, some people yeah. are setting in their ways. But, luckily, again, luckily... Luckily, students and teachers that I've hung out with <laughs> seem to be forward thinkers. Thank goodness. And you, you have to, as a teacher, you have to encourage that forward thinking and, and being a change maker. Like, don't just be a student and just sit there like a bump on a log. Like, do something. Yeah. <laughs> do something for your community. It could be the school community. It could be the community at large. It could be a global initiative. Just get out there and do something. Collaborate with somebody. Like, be a change maker. And I think that kind of is no the responsibility <laughs> of teachers because it's it, it might be easy just to go to the like, teacher's college learn. Like, no, I'm not saying it is, but that's one thing. But having the motivation and having the personality to kind of really influence and encourage this in your students, that's the next step. That's what differentiates you from other people who are, you know, maybe just interested in that uh that degree or so I think that is super important for for teachers to have I think there's there are like I said there's a whole army of them out there and, and I know this because I see them all on Twitter they're very active on Twitter <laughs> which is good great. I That's love what communicating with sure. teachers educators on Twitter it's it's very refreshing to see and we exchange ideas and projects and stuff online and it's just it's awesome it's awesome to see what other teachers are doing out there so it's encouraging, I have to say. I'm going to be the voice of, of society, and, and I see what teachers are capable of doing and what they've been up to. Yeah. And uh, it's an exciting time for everyone. Yeah, and I mean, I hope more and more people, more and more teachers have your energy and like believe, have the same philosophy as you and believe in the future like you do. Um, and then the next step is like making sure the parents are on board and support their mm-hmm. children too. And it I makes think a difference. that. And I think that's probably getting a lot better um, because the, I think even for our generation still, it was like, okay, you go to school, you go to college or university and you get a job, like a good nine to five job. Like that's not what the world is anymore. Like, you know, entrepreneurship is just mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. blowing up, um, being able to make a very, very good living online mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. just being an influencer um mm-hmm. so this the model that existed in previous generations is just not this like it just doesn't apply anymore um and i i that's something that i find interesting too though is where does the role of the teacher 
stop mm-hmm. like the responsibility of the teacher stop and the parents have to take over like we talked about things like I wish we learned how to do taxes in school I also wish that we learned more about credit and like the importance of it and like what happens when you actually get a credit card and it's not actually free money you have to pay <laughs> that back and if you don't you're screwed like mm-hmm. um you know should all that stuff be taught in school or is that part of just like the regular life skills that you should eventually learn because I say life, I mean, all, life skills 101 <laughs> yeah that should be an actual class life skills 101 the it fundamentals <laughs> of just being able to survive as a normal person well, in society. as an adult living in this world lauren and i have discussed this topic to extreme lengths about all the things we wish we were taught because i really feel like we were set up to to navigate as a citizen with with a very lacking arsenal of of tools to help us get through like and and that freaking <laughs> sucks it, i could not agree more yeah yeah like it even just it did suck because we had to learn the hard way we did we had to learn the very hard way and a small little like we're still learning <laughs> yeah we are still exactly. learning in small little like like courses or small little like a couple week add-ins each year to remind us about the importance of paying your credit card on time or the remind us of the importance of taxes or what a mortgage is would be very friggin' helpful. Can we put that into mm-hmm. the universe? Like put that into the curriculum, guys. <laughs> Absolutely. It's happening. It, it's and that's happening. what I mean. Like, I think a lot of people are like, oh, well, you know, your parents should be teaching you basic life skills and the fundamentals. Well, when were they taught? Too. But <laughs> in what point well, of yeah, education they were they taught? When their kids were born. Um, no, but it's like they we don't we don't want to listen to our parents when we're in high school. Like, that's the last people that most kids know, are right? listening to. <laughs> so you do kind of need to learn it at school because for some, you know, you're there to learn and. The mm-hmm. teachers have your ear and they have your attention. Um, mm-hmm. And t- teachers like you could make learning that, like taxes and stuff, maybe fun um, or mm-hmm. interesting or even like just digestible. Like if someone even tried to teach me taxes now, I'd still be like, this seems impossible. I can't do this. Start um, us young so, yeah, when we like, have a, like the chance to really learn it and can't really go anywhere about brain. it. But the other thing is too, it's mm-hmm. not just that we don't want to learn from our parents. It's we're in school all day learning about sorry but a lot of stupid shit but then we have to go home and like now (laughs) learn about more and at a young age taxes would be more stupid shit so like why don't we use Mm. the time that we're sitting there concentrating on things that will actually benefit us in our future seems so simple for sure 100 percent. i think teachers get that or starting or starting to get that anyway i mean like i said i don't teach math however i can't speak to that because when we are um working on a project um i'll use the shoe project for example we had to factor in the cost how many units we're going to buy what the price point our selling point is going to be um you know are we adding tax do we need to get an hst number like it's just like all these math skills that I didn't think I had to learn (laughs) I did when it comes to like putting out a spreadsheet and 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 working out a budget and you know how much money do we have to set aside for the launch event Uh, how much are we going to spend on food and drinks and this and that and PR and like so it it is part of the learning process um with that being said uh, with regards to actually creating a curriculum that is very hands-on and real world centric is the best way to describe it and um i love you know, that some of my students 
were really interested in in planning the event and working on the spreadsheet. Like, Miss, Miss, can I make a spreadsheet? I'm like, sure, you're assigned to making the spreadsheet. <laughs> you're going to be the spreadsheet, spreadsheet person. And then somebody else is like, oh, can I, you know, host the event? And sure, you can be the greeter. Like, so you just assign students to certain tasks at hand, but you do discuss a project holistically. So what you're saying is that it's applicable to life though like doing a spreadsheet that's essentially budgeting right and yeah you yeah. have to know how to budget if you like long before you get a mortgage or anything like that you have to pay rent then you have to pay your bills and you have to obviously pay your cell phone bill um and so and then how much is left over for you to feed yourself and clothe yourself so i mean right 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 i don't really remember learning like budgets really until like college and like taking the pro like a public relations program because that was all about budgets when you're dealing with events and stuff like that. Um, so I'm glad to hear that it like seems like it's kind of being pushed back into earlier stages of education. Um, and just like other things that apply too are like home ec things. Um, knowing how right. to properly friggin' boil water for God's sakes or like <laughs> sew something. Or like change a filter um, in a furnace. A <laughs> like anything that yeah. is applicable to the life because I remember in my first house and I finally figured out a furnace filter and I pulled it out and it was like black. I'm like, okay, why are we not taught this? <laughs> why did no one tell me about this? Just does I it come up? <laughs> I totally agree. Yes. Yeah, it, yeah there I should think be we get... a life skills one hundred and one. There should it should be mandatory, like maybe a co-op credit or something. I don't know. It should be mandatory. Oh God, make it mandatory. <laughs> Help us. <laughs> I think it should because, like, at sixteen, like you are getting into the that time when you are going to need to have those life skills. Like mm -hmm. some people are ready to like move out of their parents, or you go to school like away from where you grew up. Uh, so you are going to either be renting or like in a mm -hmm. in a independent situation for the most part. Um, mm -hmm. Like I certainly was. So luckily I did, like I had great parents that were really like teaching me things on how to like basically survive and how to be responsible and take care of yourself. But there was so much I didn't learn from my teachers or from my parents. And mm -hmm. so I had to, like I said, learn the hard way and discover like, oh shit, that didn't really work out. <laughs> like had School I had known knocks. that <laughs> – Exactly. Had I had known that if I don't pay more than the minimum on my credit card bill, um, I'm still going to be in trouble. Like, they're oh, still coming for me. Oh, yeah. I mean, so much so, hot water. I know. I know. Like, credit is such a huge one because you need it for life. Mm -hmm. Like, you need it to do anything or get anything of value or importance in as an adult. So, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. not even understanding what it means. Like, I heard the word and didn't – but I never really knew what that meant. So, mm -hmm. I just – you know, I think if um, there are teachers like yourself out there that are pushing for that change and like n just growing up yourself being like, hey, if I hadn't been taught this, like mm -hmm. that would have hugely benefited me. We need mm -hmm. to be teaching our students this because they're probably not going to learn it outside of the classroom. Their teachers or their parents might try, but they don't give a shit what their parents say. Um, you know, it's not really something you sit and watch on TV. Can you Google it? Sure. <laughs> is that is that the first thing they're Googling? No, it is not. So, no. <laughs> I mean, it's just, yeah, like it's just the things that are so fundamental to like succeeding in life just as a person every day yeah exactly that should be rolled into the curriculums and like i said mm -hmm. maybe they are more now we're not in school we don't know but i feel like they're not and yeah. i feel like 
you know, I, I would look to the teachers to push for that change and, and hopefully you will be successful. Mm-hmm. And we do mm-hmm. applaud the teachers well, we, we that do are our doing best that. Equip- so thank you very much for helping our future generations. <laughs> My pleasure. You have to be passionate about what you do, right? You have to enjoy what you're doing. So you have to find a way to make your everyday routine, your everyday job, your everyday gig. You have to find ways to make make it enjoyable and make yourself happy doing it. So whether that be, like like I said, reinventing the wheel and reintroducing new curriculum on the daily, then then so be it because it helps keep me on my toes. And, and I think if I'm excited about what we're learning, the students are excited as well. Um, and again, if I can empower students, then as a teacher, to me, that's the most rewarding component of teaching is seeing students sort of take that leadership role on take charge be the change makers that they need to be in today's day and age i don't know if they could you know change a filter but (laughs) they can they can spirit they can spearhead a uh they can spearhead a climate change movement (laughs) well at least maybe they could throw in the importance of changing the filter maybe not instructions but a reminder or something (laughs) helpful no seriously life skills 101 is is just so necessary i think it's necessary i totally think it's necessary i don't want to teach it because i don't no you're an art teacher yeah (laughs) i'm a wing master at those things i just wing it but yeah it should it should be within the school system i think even at a younger age they should teach that absolutely in grade six yeah give it to the grade six teachers (laughs) they'll do it Well, this has been so fantastic, and I'm so glad you didn't, um, you were able to, like, leave your dangerous mind situation. Your okay, guys, it's out of control of how many story. times you've mentioned it today, and I still <laughs> don't know it, po- so. You have to end the podcast with some Coolio. Yeah. <laughs> we're referencing it it's so many times, Jess. I never want you to forget to go watch it. Okay, but like, the best is thing is. Homework. That is your homework tonight. We're going to <laughs> record our intro after, and I'm going to make sure I watch it before the intro, so I'm going to, like, quote it and you guys won't even know what hit me (laughs) okay so we have one last thing that we wanted to ask you about before Mm. we sign off um in a in a perfect world if you could wave your magic teacher wand and Mm -hmm. your school or curriculum could be exactly what you want like what would that look like i'd have to say changing changing the aesthetics as well of the learning spaces. I, I love these these WeWork spaces that they have within the city. And um, I was able to, to alter the space in my um, graphic design studio. I don't call them classrooms anymore. I like to refer to them as studios so students get into the headspace of, of working in a real professional environment. Ooh, um, I like that. So with that being said, it, it'd be nice to have like a little cafe set up for... <laughs> For when oh, the students come yes. in and 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 have a have a little Starbucks and barista in there, exactly, exactly, and a little smoothie station, and wow, have more more of a project based curriculum because it's, it's tough. Like I sort of get the ball rolling with a certain project, and then the bell rings, and they're off to like a math your favorites. <laughs> they're <laughs> off to math class or something. I'm like, no just getting started on something um it's I, I would change the whole schedule ideally and allow for more project-based learning across the curriculum and more co-op experiences so to speak like like 
maybe take a week off and, and go work at, at one of the architectural design firms. Actually, that's a pipe dream of mine. I'm going to see if that, I can make that happen soon <laughs> with, uh, with one of our community partners. Um, it'd be so great. Like, like let, let's not go to English for this one week. You know, let, let's learn about writing a grant for a certain project and we can polish up our writing skills, but it's going to be directly geared towards this particular project with this, with this architectural firm. And we're going to learn about 3D printing and we're going to learn about laser cutting and, and we're going to learn about perspective and we'll throw some math in there and science. And, you know, just, I'd like to see a fusion, I guess, of, of the, of the actual courses um, within units, within projects. And That's more awesome. get, get out of the classroom because I don't have, we don't have the money for all the new state-of-the-art technology. So how are students going to learn how to use a laser cutter unless we spend thousands of dollars to buy one? I mean, we can go to the library. There's some laser cutters and 3D printers at the library, but it's just like a little one-off course or like a little project. I, I think it'd be important to get students actually collaborating with professionals with the state-of-the-art technology and equipment and doing a unit that would maybe take a couple weeks. That sounds so good. That would be my vision of, of education. Yeah, I think that would make education so much more enjoyable too. Well, like, hands-on, more flexible. Give, yeah, you... Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where totally. the workforce is going with. You give your brain a with. break too. Yeah, you give your brain a break. Like, like show up, show up at a certain time. And it, like I said, you're not going to go to your other classes. You're going to be on site all day working on a project collaboratively with professionals in the community and, and using their technology and using their equipment and, and working directly with professionals. And, yeah. I would be, and the teachers would be the facilitators, so to speak. And you get that break in your programming. So like mm-hmm. instead of every day being the exact same thing, which I remember hating. Yes, I had a couple different classes. Monday, Wednesday, Friday was this. Tuesday, Thursday was this. But it was really mm-hmm. the same thing. It was so mundane. And so thank mundane. God for the social aspect of school because mm-hmm. – and my friends. Otherwise, I probably would have lost my mind. But – and everybody would have but it's like if you have something new to look forward to and something exciting and it speaks to your passions then you're gonna Mm. be more like excited to get up and go do it and you're like it it feels like you're not even learning when that's the kind of environment you're Mm -hmm. in because you're like I love Mm -hmm. this like I'm eating Mm -hmm. it up um so I mean I think and and that just we didn't talk a ton about it but like that just goes to the point of like people learn differently this idea Mm -hmm. of like one size fits all learning is not well it's not it's not it doesn't make sense and it's hopefully more a thing of the past than anything goes back to that primitive Mm -hmm. like archaic type of teaching right and get rid of standardized testing come on like thank goodness they got rid of the ekoa tests for uh elementary panel but you know do it with literacy at the high school level too and, and and math at the high school level like get rid of the standardized testing because well, really, everybody itself, has Google standard. now. You don't have to memorize anything anymore. Give me a break. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, yeah, and it's really level suck. the playing field too. Yeah, tests are terrible. People may know it, but they're forced to show if they know it via testing, and like people don't test well sometimes. Anyways, I am well. Oh, I, I know. hate that. Tests are the worst. I don't. I don't ever give tests anymore. Oh, Ever. good the for you. The pressure is too much for these poor, like, young kids. Like, But even in university, exams were a friggin' nightmare. And I clammed up, and, and I know that I knew the material, but come testing, my head just can't mm-hmm. handle it. It wasn't a good thing. I hated it. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. But what do you really have to memorize like that? Nothing anymore. Front? You have Google. Nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, Just in certain professions, us. obviously, you like want your doctor to know like the different parts yeah, of your body of and like remember of those. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But so <laughs> but the best is part is, applicable. you know what happens is cramming. So my degree, I don't even know what I learned because all that was cramming, all that is temporary storage. I don't friggin' remember yes. it for real. Short-term memory. It's not a thing. So it really didn't pay off at all. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the, the idea of like more of a modular learning system is great. And I think it would be hugely beneficial to like every student, like even the ones that are easy to teach and learn really well and um but for those that learn differently and have different passions and interests like that option to go out into the field earlier on like there is co-op in high school but um getting that real hands-on experience uh prior to post-secondary if that's where you're choosing to go I think Mm -hmm. just would just give you also the life skills right it teaches you how to properly interact with different people at different levels um Mm -hmm. you know and learn how to like have that respect for your elders for your peers and these working in team dynamic as well teams Mm -hmm. absolutely so I think I mean I think that's great vision that you have and I really hope that one day it gets to that and um the rest of our societies uh, at least here in Canada start seeing that too and and support that kind of learning yeah Mm -hmm. well I'm Mm -hmm. so glad that you uh had that really good idea and you're at the forefront of this being a teacher and you're doing your best so thank you so much and today was just amazing chatting with you um and getting all this great information it's exciting um to think like there is like a really positive future yeah. for the generations to come. Yeah. Um, because yeah, I think definitely. you are going to be a trailblazer if you, well, you've already been a trailblazer in a lot of ways. And then the teachers that, the students that learn from you, maybe they'll become teachers because they'll want to emulate the kind of like structure or that you provided they'll them, be so. like empowered to go on and do their, what they're meant to do because of how you've empowered them. I hope so. I hope yeah. so. You, you are a great representation of like what we hope the teachers can be and teachers are and what we all hope for people that have kids have teachers like yourself so thank you so much thank Thank you you so much i feel so good now (laughs) thanks ladies that's really sweet of you to say that i I do appreciate it and i know a lot of teachers appreciate it and there's so many teachers that are shaking things up in the system and it's refreshing to see that you have to be you have to be a rule breaker and you have to change things up and and get the kids to change things up too and and have a voice and, and be active, be proactive about things, you know, so. Absolutely. So thank you thank for having you. me. This is amazing. <laughs> and stay safe and have a good summer. Thank you. And yeah, if you want us to come to your class, we will be, <laughs> we'll be more there. than happy. Podcasting 100%. 101. I'll let you know about the next event we have and maybe we can do like a live podcast at the event or something. Oh, that's amazing. That the next so fashion awesome. project we that we roll that. out. Cool. But before we go, please tell everybody where they can find you on social media. So plug all your handles, yourself and the school. So if anyone wanted to get in touch with the school, the staff, the students, we have our two main social media accounts and we have at six Academy, both for Twitter and Instagram. And that is spelled at the number six, then I X Academy. 
And we also have a splashy school website, thanks to our web committee team. And that can be found through the Toronto District School Board's official website. And that is schools.tdsb.on.ca. And then you just punch in Central Toronto Academy. Awesome. Thank you so much, Becky. And as always, you can follow us at Herspective underscore podcast on Instagram. Well, thank you so much. Done and done. <laughs> okay, thanks, ladies. Have a, have a great evening. Well, thank you. Bye. Bye.